Hey, welcome to the Fuel the Fight podcast. I'm Lieutenant Colonel Nick Berenger. Um, Gonna have another podcast where we get a chance to talk about holistic health and fitness. I have a very special guest in Amos Manfield, who is the H2F Performance Team Training Manager uh, over at the uh, Center of Initial Military Training there in Virginia. Amos, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thank you, sir. Doing great. How are you? Doing, doing wonderful. Uh, I'll go ahead and say we don't have a, a picture of Amos. We can't see his smiling faces. Little little technical difficulty this morning, but uh, we're going to work through it. And, and the most important thing is you're getting this content um, that, that's, you know, the, the real thing and why we're doing this. Can you talk a little bit about your role in H2F, Amos? Uh, sure. Um, so I started back in September. Um, I applied for the job last last summer as the H2F program director for the Center for Initial, Initial Military Training. So what I do now is I, I've been on the ground since September. Um, I lead what is called our HIT team, the H2F integration team. And that was a uh, brainchild of uh, General Hibbard and Colonel Biggleman coming back from a trip that they sketched out a plan on a plane of having a, a team at, at the strategic level at headquarters that mirrors the um, human performance teams that are out at the brigades. So uh, they found me, which is a program director. We have uh, athletic trainer, contract athletic trainer, contact uh, contract uh, CPS, cognitive performance specialist, a contract strength coach. We have a uh, civilian PT, a civilian OT, a uh, green suitor RD right now, just because of the transition period. And uh, we have a chaplain, uh, uh, Major Ryan Wood. And we also have Alex Morrow, who's uh, operations and planning. And then we had Lieutenant Colonel Fleischman, who was our plan- planning and operations lead. And so what we did is we were designed to go out and do training um, for H2F. And then when I got on board in September, we kind of started looking at things and we developed a SWOT analysis um, asked for SWATs for the resource brigades to learn more about them with the intent that we were going to go train them on H2F. And we thankfully changed our ways and said, look, we're going to go down and learn from them of how they're doing it because many of them were on the pilot and go out and try to capture best practices, lessons learned, um, and hopefully try to help this thing move forward. Nice. I do kind of want to, you know, go go back because you mentioned uh, your background in, in college sports, and we talked a little bit about that. You were the, you know, the athletic director there um, at, at Mercer University. Um, what, you know, kind of made you want to make that jump from college sports to the Army? Because, I, I mean, that's a that's a big jump, you know. That, that's quite the career change. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, so I, I've been an athletic trainer. Uh, that was what I went – I went to school at Alabama – uh, graduated many moons ago, and um, you know I'd been in collegiate athletics. I did my master's at Mercer University, where I graduate assistantship and MBA, and then I got into collegiate athletics. I've I've started um, two two football programs as the, as a head athletic trainer at Stillman College in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, historical black college, and then at Mercer University. But I was at Southern Miss. I was at the University of Memphis as a head athletic trainer. And then most recently, the last nine years, I was the director of sports medicine, associate athletic director at Mercer. And just being candid with you, um, the the demands and the hours that were being put on time 
Um, you know, it really started to, that was an influence because of just the workload. Now I'm not afraid of work. I'll put in, I'll put in all the time I need to do to get the job done. Um, because in athletics, it's mission, it's all, it's all mission. Um, and I started looking around for potential opportunities and got interested in the soft community, um, applied for some jobs and, and it just sounded something intriguing. And then I found out about this holistic health and fitness, um, opportunity with the army and, I've never served. Uh, both of my grandfathers served in World War II. My dad was a reserve chaplain, you know, when I was a kid in the late 70s, early 80s. And it was an opportunity for me to give back um, and serve serve my country and take the knowledge that I've gained in the athletics performance world and and help the Army do uh, do better. So that that's kind of in a nutshell why I chose that. No, no, that's awesome. And it's, it's you know, awesome. I love to hear this, uh, especially as a, as a green suitor. You know, when we get talent like yours coming over from that collegiate, you know, ranks or even I, I know some colleagues, you know, who did professional athletics and, and coming over to, to work with these, uh, you know, to work with these soldiers. So I hope, uh, you know, all these young soldiers listening appreciates, you know, kind of what, what the Army's doing and what they're bringing to bear and the expertise, uh, you know, f- with outside folks like yourself, you know, bringing all that, that wealth of knowledge and experience from the collegiate world. Uh, to these tactical athletes. Uh, now, now you mentioned about these hit teams, and, and you're going around and you're, you're you're talking to the H2F teams, the different units. So, what have you found is like, you know, what's been the biz- biggest success? Would you say, or or when for holistic health and fitness so far? You know, your your opinion on that on this. Well, quite honestly, it's it's really the people. Um, you know the. But the program directors obviously lead the human performance teams, but they are surrounded, depending on if you're a tier one or a tier two brigade, you know, if you're a tier one, you're going to have anywhere between 32 and 35 team members. And, you know, a tier two is a little bit less, you know, I think it's more like 25. And so it's just, we staggered that. And so the, really the, honestly, the, the creativity of the uh, human performance teams that are out there because of the challenges that they were presented and the innovation. Um, they took FM 722 as a, as a starting point, you know, as, as you're aware, as you're well aware, the FM 722 is not designed for the human performance team as in the strength coach or the physical therapist or the, the occupational therapist, you know, that's the knowledge we have. The FM 722 is for the soldier. And so the creativity with these human performance teams to create this a little bit of a the train the trainer model uh, to be able to take experts in strength and conditioning, experts in occupational therapy, cognitive performance, to develop educational programming um, at the brigade level and a resource, especially the 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 engagement with the healthcare providers that are in the footprint, that's also a, a wonderful advantage to these human performance teams because now the soldier is able to walk into their brigade footprint and can be assessed by an athletic trainer for a musculoskeletal injury, can consult with a physical therapy therapist about rehabilitating a, a, a back, um, you know, can meet with an occupational therapist about you know, trouble with sleeping or, or, or mental focus or activities of daily living like you know, life skill challenges, uh, can meet with a cognitive performance about, hey, I'm preparing for a board or a test and I'm having some test anxiety and can meet with that cognitive performance. All this team is in the footprint. And what the big selling point is, is it's their team. 
You know, I've, we've talked with brigade commanders and that's, what's really, when we talk about the performance model, we, we, we stress the importance of this is your H2F team. This is mule Skinner H2F. This is, you know, red devil H2F. This is bulldog H2F. And so that ownership from the, cause this is a brigade commanders program. I mean, they, they own it. It's theirs. And so that, I think that's selling and really taking hold of it because it's benefiting the soldiers at the closest level. No, that, that's great. And, and so, you know, I love the ownership and, and it's the brigade commanders program and, and, and seeing that across. Now, you know, we're going to talk about the, the win. The win is the people. What, what are the challenges or what's some of the, like, the biggest challenge you've seen for these H2F units thus far or what they're, they're telling you their biggest challenge is? Well, some of the biggest challenges is a lot of it's just the messaging and understanding. You know, this is uh, the human, the, the H2F system is a soldier led, um, expert advised uh, program. You know, we, um, that we were put these human performance teams in the footprint to be able to provide resources to the soldiers and just understanding that, you know, that, that we, we need to be able to utilize these teams. And as you know, the op tempo, the battle rhythm for soldiers and their duties in the day, you know, that, that protected time of uh, PRT in the morning from 06 to 08, roughly, depending on the installation, you know, those are challenges because we want this human performance team to be utilized throughout the day, throughout the duty day, to be able to have not only sick call and, um, you know, reconditioning PRT and, and, and different things, and, and P3T, and different things that the brigade HUF teams are handling, but but also having classes and education, because this is a performance model. It's not intended necessarily to be a treatment model, a medical treatment, but we do have those medical assets there, so we are able to triage and manage, but but the biggest challenge is just for the, the, the brigade commander and, and to understand that the team to maximally use them, we don't. We want to use them throughout the day, from zero six to seventeen hundred. That we can have classes, we can have education, we can have engagements with the human performance team and the soldiers. To only use the, to only use the uh, human performance team from zero six hundred to zero eight hundred every day, we're not using them. We're not maximizing their efficiency. So, so we talked a little bit about the biggest successes and biggest wins. What are those teams that you see who are kind of the most successful teams that you're you're rock stars of H2F? What are they doing more of or, or what are the teams that aren't as successful doing less of? Like what what's kind of differentiate your really high performance teams from maybe the not so high performance teams? Well, you know, first of all, um, I we we really didn't want to get into a position of rack and stacking. Mm-hmm. And I think, and the, and the, the, one of the things that we've talked about with our trips is we, we preach standards versus standardization, mm. you know, because whether you're an aviation brigade or an infantry brigade, you know, or a, or a tank brigade, you know, you, you, you have different challenges, different demands and so in different resources. And so we wanted to be in a position where we did not, we, we didn't, we didn't want to compare app. You really, it's hard really to compare apples to apples, but we do see a common rhythm or, a, a, you know, a, a tempo that the teams that are affecting well, 
affecting well, obviously, you've got great brigade ownership. The brigade commander understands the value of it, uh, the human performance team as a whole. Um, the teams are they've done their capability briefing where everybody understands their role and how they integrate uh, together because again whether it's an ankle injury or a um a concussion or somebody that's having stress at home you know they, these things can manifest in all different aspects of their life whether it's sleep whether it's nutrition whether it's spiritual you know, to be able to just treat something as a physical malady is is the wrong answer. We we want to be able to deal with the soldier as a whole, that mind, body, and spirit. You know, and so that the that the teams that capture that, you know, you've seen some that are a little further along just because of the implementation, but that's kind of the number one. Obviously, it's commander buy-in. The commander's got to push that down to the battalion. Uh, company leaders to understand that, hey, this team is needs to be utilized, you know, get with the strength coaches, understand the value of their programming and knowledge to help shape your PRT planning uh, to get better, to improve movement variability, different push-pull movements and, and various things. Um, and so that 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 integrated with the team that's interwoven that those teams that are doing that are are seeing better results than the ones that maybe are having the challenges of not fully integrated. No, I I love it. Yeah, you know, busting down those silos, full full integration, and then you know one of the the key points you you hit on is it's the brigade commander's program. So if that brigade commander doesn't own it, um, it's not going to be successful. Yeah, I use the example when I talk to some of the brigade commanders, I kind of treat them as the, the head football coach. And um, and I made the example that if you if you are the head football coach and you're going to inspect to make sure that your players are going to study hall, making sure they're going to meal checks, making sure they're going to class, making sure they're going to their strength and conditioning training. If if they're not doing that, how good of a football team are you going to be? If Kirby Smart's worried about checking classes and guys breaking curfew, do you think they're going to be a national championship football team? And so I use that example, you know, with with a lot of folks is because when they own it, they inspect it. They make sure it's being utilized and the efficiency is maximized. No, I, I love it. And I especially love the example of Kirby Smart. Go dogs. So I, <laughs> I appreciate you uh, using that's that a, example. That's a, tip, that's a tip, tip of my hat to you and uh, Colonel Biggleman. I know he's a Georgia Bulldog. I, 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 I can tuck my tail between my legs as an Alabama grad. So I understand when, when I give due respect. So go dogs. Go, go dogs. I wouldn't say tuck your tail because, I mean, you guys are still the <laughs> SEC champions. So, uh, you know. Uh, so – Outside of FM 7-22, because you, you talked and made a great point. I, I don't know if, if people fully understand. It's like that that's the manual for the, you know, for the soldier. Um, but but what are some of the, the better or best resources you found for H2F information uh, out there for, for folks to use, you know, outside of 7-22? What would you recommend? Well, you know, I know uh, – uh, Usarium and, and, and Champ does a lot of podcasting and, bro- and and information. You know, we had the VA Whole Health come in and talk at Industry Day to our program directors. You know, the, it, what's interesting is the, the Army, as you know, is, is a huge employer. It has, I mean, tons of resources. But I think what what happens is, is I think things get, like you said, a little siloed. And to be able to synergize of 
how things work together and flow. And as I mentioned, when I've met with the brigades and the human performance teams, it's like, look, you're not, this is not, you know, one brigade versus another. We're all on the same team. So the sharing of resources, that's something that general, general Klein, RCG at CIMT, you know, he, he has pushed us is to find a ways to collaborate um, with the the H2F program directors and be where is a central hub, you know, to be able to, to constantly disseminate information and push information out. So we want to be able to share from a strategic level where we are at CIMT and our hit team. You know, our goal is really to kind of push this information out, gather it, find lessons learned, best practices, and share those with the enterprise and utilize the full strength and breadth of the all the all all the United States Army military uh, resources, as well as our other, you know, our other resources with the Navy or the Air Force, and and looking at POTIF and different things. And so, always, it, if you're going to run a performance model, you're always trying to build a better mousetrap. You're always reevaluating it, almost on a daily, weekly. Is how can we do it better? How can we be more efficient and effective? So, um, th- I, hopefully, I answered that question. <laughs> no, that that's great, and and, and I. I like it because the overall theme I, I got from that is, you know, there's no, you know, hey, read FM 7-22 and you're good or read this and you're good. It's it's a journey. You're you're constantly learning. You're constantly, you know, looking for that next, you know, best thing and best practices. And and I really like, too, that you mentioned, you know, the outside, the, the organization, uh, you know, preservation of the force and family, looking at SOCOM. Hey, what is SOCOM doing? What is the Navy doing? I know that the Air Force, I was just at a dietitian event this, this past week, and I was shocked at how many dietitians now are in the Air Force because now they've pushed the performance model to their aviators. So they used to have it for their special operations pipelines. They, they had a, you know, a strength coach, ATC, performance dietitian there. But I, I wasn't even tracking that now for their, uh, you know, F-15 uh, or 16 pilots. I'm, I'm not good at aircraft. But, you know, they're, sure. they're, they're high-speed pilots all like that. Now they're, they're incorporating these high-performance teams early on because they're seeing a benefit even for kind of the, the cognitive athlete. So, no, I think that's, that's great. Um, now, you know, drawing on your, your previous experience in collegiate uh, athletics, are there any, uh, you know, kind of book recommendations, course recommendations, certifications, anything, you know, taking from that world that you would recommend for, you know, soldiers or NCOs leading H2F or people who just want to get smart on human performance and anything out there uh, you could recommend for folks? Well, you know, first of all, I would I would encourage you know, if you have a resource brigade, um, if you are part of a resource brigade, obviously you have uh, SMEs, you know, within your team. So you have strength coaches, you have athletic trainers, physical therapists that you, if you were in a H2F resource brigade, they're right at your fingertips for knowledge and information. And going back to a previous question you asked about, you know, what were some of the strengths is when I go back to the creativity and innovation, I mean, these brigades, the human performance teams that we've met, you know, they've developed, you know, extender courses, H2F facilitator courses that they're providing educational materials to NCOs, you know, and, and having classes to educate. You know, obviously the T, uh, the TSAC is, is a is a foundational, um, uh, you know, educational program for someone who's interested in looking at that's designed for the military. You know, I think, again, you you follow the NSCA, 
you know, you look into athletic training. I mean, look into the, the, the domains that we have put in place because the, the team that was put there is not by accident. You know, you have, you obviously have your spiritual resource with your chaplain and your unit ministry team. You have occupational therapy that they have a, a, a well-rounded experience of in knowledge to be able to help, you know, physical therapists, obviously, you know, their background in rehabilitation, nutrition, RD, I mean, just to be able to, to have those courses. So we hope as we go by that we're continuing part of our other mission is PME, you know, we creating a H2F um, professional military education all the way down to the BCT level and through the sustainment, the lifestyle life cycle phase of the soldier. So, you know, stand by, you know, we're developing and working on it, but, you know, hopefully as we go from BCT level, when that 18 year old shows up at Fort Benning to the time that soldier goes to, um, you know, Sergeant Major Academy or, you know, goes to the captain's career course, you know, there'll be stepwise knowledge. And as we grow, there'll be basic foundational education going to intermediate, more advanced, and we won't limit it just to you know fm 722 it's a starting point no i love that so so kind of more information uh you know coming along uh you heard it here first some life cycle information coming out there for soldiers to kind of look at um so you know fm 7-22 is just kind of that cornerstone and going to grow from there uh you know something i like to ask is is where can folks reach you if if they have questions or or is, is there you know, kind of H2F-wise, I know, obviously, um, they're local resources, but if, if, you know, folks want to learn more about what's going on at CIMT and, and what you all are doing, uh, what, what's kind of some of the best places to, to look at? You know, obviously, emails are, you know, as you know, emails are, I think we spend most of our days emailing these yeah. days. Um, we are hoping, we are moving forward. We're working with, um, you know, Colonel Reddy, our um, – PAO, you know, at CIMT to develop, you know, more of a, a social platform, media platform. We have an MS Teams page for our, our our current and future program directors that will be able to provide that information. Um, I think they're they're in developing of you know a website, a, a local where we can help disseminate information. But you know, obviously, my you know I'm available by email. Um, you know, and then obviously by phone, I can give you I, I can give you that information and you put it on if you do liner notes or you show notes or anything there on how we can be reached. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely put that in, in the show notes. I can get that from you. Um, you know, Amos, I, I could talk to you all day, but I want to be respectful of your time. I, I really appreciate, uh, you know, you sharing this information. Do you have any closing thoughts uh, for the for the audience? Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, I think we all need to have just a, some patience. Um, as I, f- I forget, I'm not sure exactly who said it. It might have been Colonel Durbin, Lieutenant Colonel Durbin, who was our physical lead when I first got there, um, that we are attempting the largest human optimization effort ever in the history of mankind. Wow. Not only that, not only that. But we're change, we, we are in the process of cha- challenging the status quo and changing the culture, you know. And I think at the end of the day, you know, we we and I'm I'm stealing this. They say professionals borrow or amateurs borrow, professionals steal. I forget exactly who said this, but we're humans first, movers second, specialists third, and you can train 
folks to be different, but we got to remember that they're humans, they're humans and they have wants, needs and desires. So we want this thing pushed forward. I think we got a great game plan. It's a challenge. It's a huge effort over 10 years, but uh, hopefully we can be able to synergize a lot of folks and just be patient with the process. No, I, I love it. Thank you, you so much for that, Amos. And I love the fact that you quote uh, Lieutenant Colonel Jose Durbin. I love Jose. Great guy, physical therapist, great thinker, uh, great human. Um, so thanks again for, for coming on uh, the Fuel the Fight podcast. I hope everybody enjoyed this episode. A lot of great information. I know I have a sheet uh, worth of notes uh, from some of the stuff you said there. And uh, I'm sure, you know, we'll probably be reaching out again because they'll, they'll, they'll probably be follow on podcasts as, as this thing uh, grows. But Amos, thanks again for taking your time this morning and coming on and sharing all of your knowledge uh, with the listeners. Thank you. I'm happy to do it. Any chance we got to get to uh, spread the good news of uh, the H2F system, um, I, I will we'll take that opportunity. So thank you for inviting me. All right. Hey, thanks for being on here. And thanks, everyone, for listening. <laughs>